You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome to when we talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 171, we're discussing the Star Wars Vanity Fair shoot and the king of Batman. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. It's been about a week since we sat down, and I have been just looking forward to this all day, guys. There's there's a lot to discuss this week at Nerd, but specifically getting here with you guys and podcasting because I need a little bit of a break from <laughs> reality. And this is, like I've said before, my zen area. So guys, welcome to the Nerd Room. We've got a lot to discuss this week. We've got Star Wars, Vanity Fair shoot. This is something that comes with every film, gives us a little bit more insight into what we didn't see in the trailer and some characters that we have now some information on, specifically guys like the Knights of Ren. I'm really looking forward to digging deep into this photo shoot. And we're also going to talk to what we call the King of Batman. Tom King, the writer of the current Batman series, post-DC's Rebirth, has now been taken off of that. And that's caused a bit of a stir online. So we're going to break that down in a little bit of detail and speculate on what possibly he wanted to do with Batman that was so absurdly controversial that they decided to pull him off a little bit early. But, gentlemen, like we always do at the top of this show... We give high fives and we talk about our weeks in nerd. Troy, my man, Sanjay, yep. my dude, <laughs> what is going on? We had you guys over for a massive birthday party. That's we right. talked a little. We decided that you know we're gonna slip down, maybe do a recording. Never happened. Too many kids. <laughs> but other than that, other than enjoying my wife's birthday, we th- I thank you. We thank you for coming and join that with us. How's your week as a nerd been? Sanjay, my man, like, what's yeah, going on? Man. Steelbooks, what? Uh, you know, no steelbooks so far. Actually, a steelbook on pre-order. Uh, Troy, you know, hooked you up with the uh, Iron Man 2 steelbook. It, man. So going through back that MCU catalog, get re-releasing them on 4K. So pick that up from the UK. I don't know if it'll come to Best Buy in yeah, Canada. I'm kind of backtracking on my previous statement. I, I really want the digital copies now. Yeah. But that being said, Disney Plus is going to have them all. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, do, do I just need the case? Because I do have a Blu-ray copy that could slide in there. There you go. Huh. There you go. Might have to hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk further. Yeah. I've talked yeah. my, my way into this after talking myself out of this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, check it out if you haven't seen that. Other than that, you know, not a whole heck of a lot. Too uh, quiet. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty quiet. I think, you know, after Endgame, people are kind of staying away. I've been catching up on my comics, which is nice. Um, picked up Wonder Woman, started reading. I've actually all caught up on Wonder Woman. It's a good run. And I'm getting all caught up in Justice League Dark, which is nice. So Excellent. Underrated series. Check it out if you haven't read that one. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of the magic elements of DC, like John Constantine, uh, Zatanna, uh, even Man Bat. He's a hero now, which no is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Detective Chimp. Detective Chimps <laughs> in it. Yeah. yeah, Wonder Woman, Swamp Thing. It's a good lineup. It's a, it's a good book. It's a good book. Yeah, it's, uh, it's those are the type of lineups you hear, and you're like, wow, that's not going to work. But yeah. you get into the story, and you really yeah. appreciate it. It works, yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of what they do with Detective Comics, right? When they made Clayface like the good guy. Yeah. I love yeah. what they do with that ragtag team, much like a Guardians kind, yeah. Of, yeah. kind of tip there. But are they pushing Swamp Thing because of his whole DC 
streaming show that's coming out there with uh, Titans and all that? I don't know. Like, he did have an ongoing for a while. Yeah. He's not really in it too much. Like, okay. he's in it, like, bits and pieces, but he's not one of the main guys. But, uh, man, I would I would read a Swamp Thing book. Like, I, I really want to see the new series. Um, I watched both movies. Little known fact, there was two movies. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Craven did the first one. Heather Locklear's in the second one. So, really? uh, yeah, some big t- big uh, talent associated with those <laughs> <Big> movies. <talent. laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that's it for me. Troy, the boy, what is going on in yeah, your Yeah, Yeah, much like you guys, man. It's it's slow. It's it's really slow. I say it every episode. I'm still on that endgame high. Um, I managed, I don't remember if I mentioned it last time, but I did pick up a uh, infamous Iron Man. Nice. You know, from that run that Bendis did when Doctor Doom took the mantle. They're pretty of, um, deep at eBay, eBay tons, games right now. They're stacked. Yeah. I kind of wish I waited a bit because it probably would have dropped down a yeah. little bit. They don't go down too, too much there. They seem to be okay with stock. Yeah, it's their, it's their deluxe sets that drop. Yeah. Or even sometimes they're exclusives. But their mainstay, like Marvel Legends, yeah. that are at that $28, $26 point, they don't drop much. That is an exclusive to EB Games, I believe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah it's that and then Walgreens, I think, in yeah. the States, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I picked up one of those guys. I did manage to pick up uh, another... One of your caps. Nice. From the Quantum Realm costume. Are you nice. doing a head swap with that Civil War pack? Because I know I, you're doing some customization. Yeah, I was just, yeah, yeah. You know what? I did just put on Chris Evans' head. Yeah. Uh, I had to do a little stuff because actually the head doesn't fit as properly as I thought. Oh, so okay. I actually had to expand the hole a little bit to, to fit on that toy. Um, and then as well, comics, man. I'm back to my comics. Uh, War of the Realms. I picked up three and four. Yep. Digging that series. Nice. Um, I picked up year one of Flash, one and two. Ah, how is it? I've read the first issue. It's kind of cool. I'm a sucker yeah. for year ones more mm-hmm. than origin stories, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I kind of like what they do there. It's cool, yeah. It's not bad. Have you picked it up? You checked no, it up? no, no. Because, you know, with it shipping twice a month, yeah, it's just so much stuff. But I heard they're going back to once a month. I would like that. Yeah. I so would like I would that. I would pick it up. So Flash year one's good. Year one's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And then there's another one I just picked. Oh, an Uncanny X-Men 18. Yeah, That's nice. another. I'm digging Uncanny Man. Is that, is that starting to build now into the House of X stuff? Like, cause that's, not really. The Hickman stuff's really kicking off, I believe, in July. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's gonna be a clean sweep. Yeah. It's it's not. It's just kind of a fun X Men story. It's bringing back the. It's really just bringing back Cyclops and Wolverine, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get some other kind of mainstay uh, uncanny X Men characters yeah. like um, like Scott's brother, yeah, right, uh, Havoc and whatnot. Havoc. So uh, it's yeah. it's cool. I'm yeah. gonna jump into that Jonathan yes. Hickman stuff. Yes, yeah. it seems like a clean clean sweep of of what they're doing. Yeah, and we boast about Hickman on here all the yes. time. Yeah, and a lot of people online have been asking us about specifics of you know jumping into Power of X, House of X, because it's yeah. it's gonna be a great jumping on point. I think. Oh, I think it's gonna be huge, and I yeah. think it's gonna kind of ripple into the MCU I yeah. think eventually because Jonathan Hickman is like the man I think Hickman and, and uh, Bendis are kind yeah. of the guys that you kind of look at too when it comes from adapting from Ultimate to the 616 to the MCU yeah so uh, it's well, a must so, read so true because Hickman's yeah. run on Avengers New Avengers a lot of that has been taken into especially Infinity War and Endgame yeah like the Black Order. The costumes. Yeah, the costume, the yep. Black Order. Everything yep. has been ported over in some fashion from those comics. And they're only from 2013 or so. That's right. So yeah. you're so right that this could be used as a basis for introducing. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, the characters look like if yeah. they're kind of like trying to parallel like a John Krasinski like they recently did. Which is oh. hilarious. Uh, issue two, yeah, I War think, of the Realms. The Realms. Yeah. And, you know, and the crazy thing is too is because Hickman, uh, he's so great at like, you know, touching on like past lore and bringing it present and mm-hmm. touching more onto it elaborating more so yeah. on it i wouldn't be surprised if he kind of even like you know maybe did some finicking around with the origins of the mutants which yeah. is something oh, you could see okay. in the mcu because yeah. we're all trying to figure out how are they going to bring mutants in there right 
Right. Great testing ground. Yeah. 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 So we'll see, man. What do you, what do you got going on? What's it been like? Ah, do you know what? It's I've had the most difficult time focusing in on my nerd, my personal <laughs> nerd. I haven't really been out in the hunt. Yeah. And comics, I've had just every time I get close to reading a comic, yeah. I'm zonked right out. Yeah. I hear you. And yeah, so I'm about six weeks in, almost seven weeks into the the baby game here, and. Yeah. We're finally starting to find a nice rhythm and a nice pattern. And so I'm hoping in the coming weeks I can find, again, that rhythm and pattern back in the nerd world. Because I've really just focused in on really doing a lot of online looking and listing of things, specifically around the Marvel Legends. What do I need next? What do I need to hunt for? What am I willing to pay for? So it's been more research for me over the last couple of weeks. And realistically, when it comes down to those Marvel legends, I feel like Hasbro must have listened to the podcast last week. <laughs> it's the only explanation. It, it really is. Because if you listen, we were really questioning why there wasn't an Iron Man, a Captain America yeah. in the scale mail, and a Thor. And they've answered one of our wishes because they just revealed a Walmart exclusive Captain America, worthy Captain America, yes. with the scale mail, with the hammer, with the shield, looking on point, head swaps and all. Yes. Troy, oh. what are you thinking about this, man? Because we were mm. freaking out a line about this. Man, oh, digging this figure. This is this is what we wanted, you know, last episode. Check it out. Um, this is such a cool looking buck. I love like what you said, the scale mill on the character. The blue actually even looks a little bit more blue than the Infinity War yep. and um, 10th Anniversary cap, yep. which is nice. Um, but the detail, man, they keep working on that helmet sculpt of, uh, of C. Rogers, and it's getting better and better every time. My only, only nitpick, and it's not even that bad, is the uh, Macklemore kind of hair. Yeah. It, it's a little too much on there, but that's that's a small nitpick because I'm at the same time, you know, some people complain when they just give you, like, the same head over and over yeah. again. At least they're giving you a new head. They're so, trying to change it up. Exactly. <laughs> they're evolving, exactly. Really cool. So I can't even complain. I love what they're doing. And we get, like, worthy Steve, man. He yeah. has the hammer. He has the shield. Like, this is a little hot toy right now, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Is it, yeah. is it a hammer time? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> no, I'm really looking forward to this because this gives me hope that they're going to get an Iron Man out there. They're going to get a Thor out there. Yes. Give us a new buck because how yeah. cool would that be with that body, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oof, come oh, on, guys. Yeah. This, this, it's at some point. Marvel Legends game is, is unbelievable right now. And it's kind of nice because we're getting this space filled by Marvel Legends. There's yeah. some rumors that there's even more coming. What San Diego Comic-Con here yeah. and just about a month and a half away nice. where the expectation is, is we could see a whole bunch of reveals there. You know, even Marvel studios themselves are talking about doing some sort of event post far from home, whether cool. that's San Diego comic-con or whether that's one of their independent ones. So mm. there's a lot of action, a lot of other things bubbling up here. I think we're kind of in, again, this calm before we get another massive onslaught yeah. of far from home stuff, yes. announcements from probably DC as well as Marvel side of things. We've got some few things trickling in here from Star Wars. Yeah. But nonetheless, yeah, these legend stuff. I'm just, I'm just waiting and hoping that Walmart's in Canada get this. I this hope so because I've seen online a couple stories in the states have already been picked up a little bit. There's really? the odd Seriously? caps, yeah, that have oh, been wow. dropping already. So uh, oh. I'm gonna be hunting after to the, after this episode, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> Gotta now, find it. To take a little bit of a detour from Stars Marvel and DC. Oh, are we gonna have our uh, mature episode? Mature now? episode? No, <laughs> we are no. not. But oh. like last week, when we tend to sometimes steer away from from the blues franchise just for a little bit because certain things hit the space that we kind of focus in on all of nerd and i just want to talk quickly about this new terminator dark fate trailer let's do it it dropped last week to some fanfare but not a whole bunch this is a franchise that is in need of an injection of some sort of enthusiasm or 
a good movie maybe you know i'm not a hater of the franchise by any means Mm -hmm. everything's been okay except for the first two movies which are great yeah but this one seems to be going back to the old formula bringing back james cameron as a producer bringing Mm -hmm. in tim miller as a director bringing back sarah connor as the main character and even arnold schwarzenegger who did show up in the every single one he's yeah Yeah. Yeah. even in uh salvation salvation and genesis he's in all of them okay i missed salvation but yeah i did see genesis Mm -hmm. yeah so what are you guys high level thoughts on this this kind of return to the terminator franchise yeah man i'm totally digging it like i was one of the few people that actually liked genesis like it wasn't anything oh okay yeah i think i have two copies of it so i'll lend you one (laughs) i have one in steelbook and then one in just the regular Blu-ray. Yeah, man, I liked it. Like, it wasn't, um, like, as good as Terminator 2 or the first Terminator, but it was a good action summer popcorn flick. You know, you just go in, shut your brain off, watch it in the theater, some cool action scenes, and, you know, it's no worse than Terminator 3. Um, and I, I haven't seen Salvation yet, but... Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I like Genesis, and I'm, I'm always down for more movies. You know, this is going to be, like, a new take on the terminator franchise always excited to keep reinventing it and you know i hope this one catches on because i'd like to see more terminator films uh i'm i'm optimistic about it yeah man no um yeah here's the thing i'm down with terminator one and two i really yeah. like those ones i thought three was whatever and i'm in the minority i actually kind of like salvation with, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, with christian, I christian bill i thought yeah. it was actually kind of all right and i like yeah. the new lead they had they were pushing for yeah Genesis was okay. I don't think it's yeah. as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool that we got Amelia Clark playing Sarah Connor, but oh, we also yeah. had Cersei play Sarah Connor in the in the TV series. Mm-hmm. So we've had two yeah. characters from Game ah. of Thrones, both, both player. Um, and that's where it's kind of leading me to my next point is I think it'd be kind of cool. I think we're due for like a Netflix like ten episode. Oh, okay. Um, Terminator. I yeah. I kind of feel like I'm checking out of these movies because we've been getting them after like. What, like every two, three years we've been getting these movies and they haven't really been striking for me. This trailer is okay. It's not horrible, in my opinion. I like that Sarah Connor's back and I like that this is taking place after two. It seems like it's almost taking like the pseudo third film place. Yeah, kind of like what Aliens was trying to do next. Yeah, Yeah, or like uh, Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where they're like, nothing happens after the second one. This is the third one. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like because James Cameron produced the last one, so that doesn't do much for me. Arnold's been back every time. Yeah. The only thing that's really doing it for me is the fact that we have the original actress coming back to play Sarah Connor. Yeah. yeah. Don't know where uh, John Connor is. Well, that's a big question, <laughs> yeah. Mark, right? And they seem to reframe everything about no John Connor, but we're yeah. going to focus on this new female lead about mm-hmm. as long as we save you. Yeah. And so yeah. they've kind of steered away from that. And maybe, um, creating, maybe it's a different timeline. Maybe, I have no idea, right? right. Yeah. They're kind of a bit fun and fancy with with timelines itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I, I kind of agree with you guys. I'm intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. It seems to be taking and striking a tone that interests me more than some of the other films that come out. I agree with you. Salvation for me was okay. I like yeah. Christian Bale in that role of John Connor. Yeah. It's and it's this brings up kind of even a bigger question about the idea of what the film industry looks like right now. We spend a lot of time talking in franchises and established franchises that have two, three films, four or five films a year, right? With within all those three franchises, and you look at our even our box office fantasy draft. It's all sequels, remakes, or franchise big franchise players. And you look at something like Terminator, which, again, is another legacy franchise. Like you're saying, we're seeing these films every couple of years mm-hmm. or whatever, three, four years. And what what I kind of want to take that trailer from, you know, yeah, sure, it's fine, whatever. We'll probably all see it at some point in time. More of a Netflix thing for me, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But 
is there is there a bigger problem with the lack of originality do you guys think like i i love everything that stars in marvel and dc are doing this is to me there's originality built into those because of like a film like shazam this year mm-hmm. a film like joker coming later right even endgame had some originality to it mm-hmm. but it is within an established universe of characters that we know and love do you guys miss where the times where we had original films like i'm trying to think the last real original new franchise film that came out that was was big like avatar right yeah that reestablished right. kind of a new status quo for a new franchise like i'm i'm was racking my brain a little bit trying to think of something that isn't within something that's pre-established yeah mm-hmm. and like do you think that seeing films like terminator or or anything else like that that's a franchise player that we're, we're lacking real originality and we're just kind of getting this on repeat. And that's why we're finding ourselves being like, eh, well, I'll just watch it on Netflix. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it, it's a good question, but I think it really all just comes down to cost. I mean, if you look at these films back in the day, they didn't cost $250, $300 million to make. Mm. So if you're a studio and you're thinking to yourself, well, I could make this movie that no one knows how it's going to perform. Or I could make this movie called Terminator, which everyone in the world knows the name Terminator. You know, it's got that brand recognition. Mm. Uh, in a way, I kind of do miss, you know, kind of how it was back in the day where you could get these films that you'd never even heard of. You know, like I wasn't around when Terminator came out. But like, imagine just like you just see this trailer and you're like, what's this? Like, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Robocop and stuff like that. You mm. know, you mentioned Avatar. Even like uh, like Batman, you know, like the first Batman when that came out, that was like new and like no nothing like that had ever been done before. So well, I guess Superman the movie. But are, but are we uh, as moviegoers afraid of new things? You look at stuff like Alita: Battle Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Flopped hard. Yeah. Even Ready Player One didn't do fantastic. And again, yeah. adapting a beloved book. Yeah. Um, we they found some success in some niche areas like Jordan Peele's stuff that he's working on. Us yeah. Get Out. That was good. Uh, yeah. John Krasinski's Quiet Place yeah. did really yeah. well. So they're finding a lot of profitability in there. But again, that's a really niche market that they're looking at with that mm-hmm. kind of horror end of things. I've yet to see either or any of those. Because <laughs> I'm a giant wimp. Yeah. Troy, do you, do you miss some originality there in, with some of these films? Um, do you grow tired of this kind of on repeat every three years we get an Avatar, Terminator, and Star Wars film? Well, here's, I think, you know what, I think the originality isn't lacking. I think it's there. It's just there's so many blockbusters yeah. to come out and compete with it. So it overlaps. So for mm-hmm. instance, this week we had uh, Booksmart, mm-hmm. which is original. We had Brightburn, yep. which... Yeah, it's Superman, but it is still an original property. <laughs> but unfortunately, it had to go up against the juggernaut, Aladdin. Yeah. Right. So I feel like every time these movies are coming out, Endgame's in its way, Deadpool's yeah. in its mm-hmm. way, like all these other juggernauts are in its way. But I think they're they're out there, but we're just not getting, um, you know, people in seats to support these films. I mean, That's we've true. had like original movies, like I guess you could even say like original uh 21 Jump Street, yeah. you know, even though it yeah. was a TV series, but that was a huge hit. Bridesmaids, like we've had a couple yeah. of these things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, but it's just, um, it's tough, man, because yeah. with the, the world of superheroes right now, it's mm-hmm. overlapping yeah. these original projects that are out there. Yeah. And I think within that, those franchises, there's a lot of originality. Oh, yeah. for like sure. You yeah. out some of those movies that we talked about before. And, and so the, that exists, but it exists yeah. within a pre-established kind of construct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And coming outside of that, it was just kind of something that, that struck me with when I'm looking at Terminator, I'm thinking like, I, I feel like I've seen this. Yes. Five yeah. times. <laughs> and, but then you go and look at, like you said, it's a business too. Yeah. Look at yeah. this past weekend, Aladdin, 
juggernaut. Yeah. Like, thank you. Finally, <laughs> get on the board a little bit here. But it overperformed, dude. Yeah. Ninety million plus over the three days, and over a hundred yeah. million of the four day Memorial yeah, like Day. Yeah, twelve, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, awesome. so, that's good. And yeah. the reception, at least at the onset, was pretty good. Like, yeah. we're saying yeah. this is a decent remake, a good adaptation of this. Yeah. And Will Smith fills the shoes of the genie really yeah, well. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, that's and then we're hear. hearing projections now for Sanjay's Lion King. That's right. Yeah, John Favreau, you know, speaking in the space of a creator in Star Wars and Marvel, like he's he's taking on this this live action the same way he did the Jungle Book. Yeah. it's being projected at two hundred million dollar plus opening. Oh I like that. I can see I like that, that though. That trailer, yeah. the first trailer, like I, you know, we talked about before. We all hopped on Twitter and we're yeah. just going nuts over this thing. Right. You know? yeah. 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 But, yeah, but that goes I, to I show where the hit. money where the money's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I, you know, we talk about like the kind of tepid reception of Terminator. There was the tepid reception of Aladdin, mm-hmm. and then it turned out to be fine. Can you guys think of any others that like big franchises where the internet was so sarcastic when they got announced, like, oh, another one of this movie? And then when the movie came out, it was amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to put your finger on some of these things, but even you think of film like Ant Man. Yeah. yeah. Right, that at the like at the first trailer, I think everyone was really well received. But mm-hmm. once they took what's his name off the project, oh, Edgar Wright, uh, yeah, you know, everyone's thinking, ah, this is probably going to be good. It's right. it's kind of yeah. last minute execution. Yeah. It's, so and even stuff like like Solo, I find mm-hmm. you know it didn't find the same footing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reaction was kind of mum, but now it's found almost this like cultural phenomenon yeah. behind it. And we're going to yeah. talk a little bit later about make Solo two happen. Yeah. But it's another one of those things that, that got that initial, like, eh. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's got all this it momentum behind yeah. it. Well, when you say are you talking box office-wise? Uh, are you talking about, like, critically uh, well-received? Because you can look at, like, biopics. We see them a yeah. million times. Yeah. And Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, yeah. Killed it. It did huge. And now even... Um, Rocket, Rocket Man. Man. Rocket Man. You know, yeah. it could be following those footsteps. But I think it's taking a different take. But the trailers are giving us that Bohemian Rhapsody kind of look. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's, uh, man, it's tough. Obviously, they're not going to make a franchise of a Queen movies <laughs> now, right? But No, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You got anything on top of your head? Uh, yeah, like the big two, I got uh, Mad Max, Fury Road. Yeah. It came out 20 years after Mad Max 3, Thun- Beyond Thunderdome, and everyone's like, do we need another Mad Max film? And this one didn't have Mel Gibson. It was Tom Hardy. So, mm-hmm. you know, they changed the actor, but it's the same director, and that film was freaking amazing. Um, and then the Planet of the Apes with uh, Matt oh, Reeves and uh, so the first good. one. Good call. When that Incredible. came out, come on, everyone was like, "Another Planet of the Apes!" Like, yeah. come on, this After franchise is dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. The Tim Burton one was just awful. <laughs> yeah, and even uh, Jurassic World. That again. was another one that was yeah. like, "Yeah, dude, are we revisiting this again?" It's become a bit repetitive. Yeah, you're right. I freaking love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So you know, you just remember those when you talk about this new Terminator, and even with Aladdin, you know. So yeah, there, there are gems. You know, a lot of times people will just be like, "Ah, oh, this is gonna suck," and then it turns out to be great. So no, yeah. yeah. I don't. You even look at like John Wick three. The thing is like wildly overperforming. Yeah, yeah. yeah I and Keanu Reeves is again. He's met and now is part of this like. He's almost like a cult phenomenon at this point. Like, oh, yeah. He's gotten so much positivity yeah. online for his yeah. portrayal. And he's getting like fan casted all over the place. Yes, he is. For, yeah. everything. for everything. Right? Yeah, yeah for... I've seen Revan. I've seen, uh, what's the other one? Um, an older Kylo Ren. Yes. Oh, know? totally. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen their like face swap? No. It's so creepy. They look exactly the same. Really? As if they never even swap faces. Yeah. Crazy. Him and uh, Adam Driver. No way. Yeah. I it, see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah super creepy. <laughs> I think they're the same person. <laughs> Wild. Well, let's put a little kind of stop to that that yeah. detour. I like 
once in a while going off and exploring some of these other avenues. Definitely. And then we're going to bring it back, though, to, to the news section for this week. And the first thing we're going to talk about is what we call the top, the king of Batman, Tom King. Yeah. yeah. Current, I guess, current-ish writer mm-hmm. yeah. of oh, yeah. the Batman series. He's for still got, DC. I think, like 15 issues. Yeah, he's going to 85, yeah. right? Yeah, 85. Yeah. So he's got a few issues left. But he was taken off the last 15 issues because he was doing a 100-issue arc. Yes. At, at least, yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. Without, without annual, so I think 105, yeah. 100. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing it twice a month. Yeah. Which That's, is insane. It's an insane amount of writing. Yeah. And so before we get into the story, what's your guys' take on, on Tom King as the writer for, for Batman? How have you liked his arcs and his story? Is it long form like Hickman's really since, I guess, the rebirth, which was a couple mm-hmm. years ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It is long form storytelling, and I do like it. It's I've said it before. It's really hard to fill the shoes of yeah. Snyder, especially when it's not like Snyder. It's completely different. Um, he has this long story, which is like I'm so curious to see what he's trying to do, where he's gonna go. Mm-hmm. But then he'll also go sideways with a couple stories that I'm like, oh, what are you doing right now, man? <laughs> yeah. Like for instance, the nightmare uh, dream yeah. sequence that was going on. You know, Sanjay and I were talking before. There's points where, you know, I'm reading it bi-weekly. What was it? What, twice a month. Yeah, yeah. And there's points where I'm reading the next issue. And I'm like, did I forget an issue? Did oh, I miss yeah. An issue? Because, yeah. You're, you know, you're upside down. Yeah. Whereas Scott Snyder was just so seamless. And you just, you put down that comic and you want to pick up the next one right yeah. away. Yeah. Sometimes I got to digest what I just read when I'm reading a, uh, a King book. But yeah. all around, I do like what he's been doing over there. Yeah. yeah no, I'd have to agree. I really like the King run. Um, he adds a lot of Bane in it. Yeah. And Bane's one of my favorite villains. So, you know, any chance he's in it, I'm always in. Uh, you know, the long-form storytelling, some of the nightmare sequences work better than others. Yeah, Professor Pig, not so much. I like that oh, one. Really? Okay. Yeah, the art was fantastic. Yeah. I love that, like, yeah. uh, art with it. Uh, I read somewhere online saying, you know, it'd probably work better as, like, a trade as opposed to just picking it up. Yeah. Because, like, I'm not reading it every week. Like, every time it comes out, I'm, like, a couple months behind and then... I'll read like four or five issues in a row and right. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, this, this works. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is uh, controversial. It's just surprising. Like I, I really liked it. It's not, as you said, it's not Snyder's, no. um, Scott Snyder's, not yes. uh, Zach Snyder's. Not Zach. Just want to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Snyder's the, uh, hot, hot topic. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I really like King's run. Um, now he's ending at issue, I think, 100 or 85. 85. 85 so, yeah. I mean, he's still got a long run. Yeah. I mean, he still was able to do a lot with the character. Um, so, yeah, I'm sad to see him go. But uh, he had, like, a, a lot of good uh, ideas. Yeah. But, you see, that's the thing. You say a lot with the character. Like, when it's all said and done, are we going to be able to be like, this is what he did with Batman? Because what is he really done with Batman? Like, you know, he's given us a lot of, like, oh, this is what he's going to do with Batman. But then yeah. he's like... He didn't really do anything with Batman. Right. You know, without uh, spoiling much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, I guess, has he put a a substantial stamp on exactly. the character? Exactly. Like, you talk, like, like with Scott Snyder. The, yes. That yeah. game changer for that yes. character. Yes. Yeah. And has he put, like, Batman's a hard guy to put a stamp on because mm-hmm. he's been around forever. Right. So many iterations of the character. Yes. Yeah. And different stories. Like, how do you do something as epic as Court of Owls exactly. or, yeah. or something like that. Right, Killing Joke, all that kind yeah. of stuff, right? Like, yeah. I would say, yeah, because like, you look at some of the um, issues, you see, like, a more meaner Batman. It's almost like a Punisher Batman. Like, there's the one issue with uh, KG Beast. Oh, that's great. Oh, where man. Where he, like, beats yeah. him up, and then I think, I can't remember. Leaves really, him like, out there to yeah, Leaves him die. to die. Yeah. 
and then he's like he's like someone save me or he's like he's you gotta save me and he's like save yourself or something it is, is dope yeah, yeah. I, I can't and that's like the, the return of like the batman like the dark like dark the batman. pissed off batman yeah, yeah yeah and you know and he almost uh married batman and catwoman yeah and that was kind of a tease though that's i think yeah. that was kind of when audiences started to like yeah split well, there was yeah, a almost. huge controversy around that. Exactly. Because there yeah. was, like, the whole wedding issue. Right. Stores well, had ordered, yeah. like... But it was more around, like, the brick and mortar had ordered tons of copies For of sure. This. Yeah. And then it was leaked early and no one went and bought it. Well, yeah. and that's the thing, because we were told it was, like, the wedding of Batman and Catwoman. Not, yeah. like, they might get married. It was yeah. basically, like, we were all assumed, because it was, it was told mm-hmm. they were going to get married. And yeah. that yeah. wasn't the case. Well, I mean, yeah. I But I kind of thought they wouldn't, you know? Like, it seems kind of strange. Like, Batman's never really been, like, the Superman where he could, like get married and settle down and like have a kid but that'd be kind of cool to take that character in that direction at least for a time because we know they'd be vert back yeah right yeah. Mm-hmm. but wouldn't that kind of be putting your stamp on the character if we did but, see that yeah but i kind of like like in the issue with you know he evolves superman and lois lane a lot and yeah, i love like he has them both like all four of them and he like ju- juxtaposes both of them so you're like this is superman's life and he's so like humble american pie yeah and American Pie? Yeah, whatever. Bruce you know what I mean? Boring. Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce is kind of like this like more like uh more like solo guy. Yeah? Yeah. Well, loner type thing. Yeah. yeah. But it, so it might be though, Troy, you're talking about the stamp, right? It mm-hmm. might have been that and the controversy that you're talking about Sanjay that may have gotten him removed from the last 15 issues. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was a forceful you're getting fired type no. of remove because he did an interview with the Hollywood Reporter not too long ago. And this is just a few quotes. I'm going to kind of paraphrase some of this, but I've been talking to not just DC, but Warner Brothers and AT&T. So yes. the parent company and the parent mm-hmm. company. Big dogs. <laughs> yeah. What we're going to do in the last 15 issues is something no one's ever seen for the character. It's something that's going to change the character for a generation or maybe more, maybe forever. Mm. I never thought we'd get to do this kind of stuff and get it approved. So, man, let's rewind that because there's a lot of people say, "Oh, he got fired, blah blah blah. He's yeah. being taken off. This is BS, blah yeah. blah." I think this is more to that. I think this is more of like some sort of amicable split. Like, if he can't tell that final story, then maybe we'll move him off and do something different. But when you look at words, so that's 15 issues about changing a character for a generation, yeah. maybe more, maybe forever. Yes. And the fact that he had to go so high up to get approval mm. to do this, what do you guys think he was planning on doing based off of, and again, well, maybe we'll say spoilers for mm. some of the Tom King mm-hmm. stuff here to give you guys some opportunity to talk a little bit freely. Yeah. Okay. But what do you think he was driving towards that was so controversial that he needed the parent company and the parent company <laughs> to approve the change to the character? We've seen a lot of change in Marvel as mm-hmm. of late. And some of it received well, some of it not so much. We're yearning for those characters back after two, three years of a very divergent character arc for things like Tony Stark, for Thor, right. for Captain America. What, do you, were they going along the same lines? Were they trying to change it so much that the characters are almost unrecognizable? Ha. Uh, you know, I have the answer. So, right, let's hear this. yeah, Tom <laughs> King called me up. You know, he liked one of my tweets one time. He's like, yo, so, son, he answered the phone. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly is, he, is he from Brooklyn now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm watching Rocky lately. Queens, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, he liked one of my tweets. So he's like, Sanjay, I'll give you the dirt. I'll give you the juicy this gossip. This is a nerd room exclusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here it is. Um, so in his run, he involves one Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And Thomas Wayne is working with Bane to stop Batman. I don't know what's real here and what's not. No, no, <laughs> no that's serious. Real. A couple, times, a couple okay. times he involved Thomas Wayne, though, because okay. remember we had the Flash team up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. Are you all caught up? I don't want to, like, spoil uh, I'm caught up to the point where we did see Thomas Wayne, and then it went to the... I think the last thing I read was, like, the Pepper Pig kind of thing. 
Oh, not Pepper Pig. Pepper. <laughs> I have kids. Professor Pig. Uh, Professor Pig. Yeah. Okay, so this is kind of spoilers for you, Troy. <laughs> but I'll try to like keep it. Light. That's cool, man. But there's an issue. I think it's sixty nine, where Bane is fighting Thomas Wayne, and they're kind of like chatting about like what's like why are they like working together to take out Batman? Yeah. Um, to stop Batman, and like it's pretty cool. Like Bane's, it's it's weird. Like he always makes Bane naked when he fights. I know. Like I, I don't know. I kind of like like it it. it's just like it's just like he's just like i'm bane like here i am puts it all out there but i do like the mask and the like luchador mask and the singlet like a wrestler yeah so i mean maybe he could put on some clothes i don't know but uh yeah so i think what he was trying to do and this might be crazy and maybe it was crazy but i think he was gonna have bruce wayne kill his own father thomas wayne i think that was gonna be it because i think thomas wayne was gonna try stop bruce and then bruce realized hey like, I got to stop him. And then the only way he could do it is if he killed him. And I think that's what he was going for. Is now, this an alternate timeline? No. No, the, no, the, no. Well, no. Bruce, Thomas Wayne came in from an alternate timeline. From the Flashpoint kind Flashpoint of thing. timeline, oh, yeah. yeah. Where he's kind of like the Punisher in there. Because he's like older, so he can't uh, like fight like Batman. Mm-hmm. So he has guns and he like kills people and stuff. Right. So. Whereas Bruce died in that timeline and his wife became Joker. That's right, yeah. Martha became Joker. Yeah. 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 You know what? Um... I don't have a theory. I don't have a theory what it possibly could be. No, but um, the thing is, I mean, to go up to AT&T and Warner, this must have been something, I'd have to say, more drastic because they're talking, we got a movie coming out, right? Yeah. So if it was to go somewhere where it's changing the character so far, WB is looking like you can't do this to our character. we got movies to sell. we got cereal to sell. we got toys to yeah. sell. You do something like this. I think more than do you think he was gonna Thomas. Do you think he was going to become more like Punisher and, and kill people that he realizes... I'm tired of the same song and dance where I capture the villain, they break out of Arkham, they kill people, I capture them again. No, I don't think enough because even like we had Man of Steel, we had Clark yeah. literally kill Zod and But that was didn't... like a one time thing. But if we yeah. had Batman who's just like throws his coat out the window and he's like, I'm going full Punisher, I'm just gonna kill everyone. But to me that's yeah. not a it's drastic not enough. enough change no, to, no. to warrant them completely having to no, go for approval. I think it has to be something crazy because with the Batman mythos, we've had Bruce die. We've had, yeah. uh, you know, his sidekicks die. We've had Robin, um, Dick Grayson take over the mantle. We've had so many crazy things to go down. I, I think maybe Carlos, who you speculate, maybe Alfred died, but that's still not enough yeah. to have the big guys up above that have to worry about all merchandise of Batman, the number mm-hmm. one selling superhero of all time out there. Yeah. To be like, we can't go this far. I think it has to be something massive. And I have no idea what it possibly could it has have to, been. It has to be complete and utter divergence from the, like the foundation of the mm-hmm. character. Yeah. And whether that's more of a Punisher style or more that's going evil to yeah. the point where he's having to, or maybe he goes and kills a whole justice. Like, I don't maybe, know. Maybe he literally gets like mentally ill and it's yeah. like a, a different take that's they're yeah. like we don't want to touch that we yeah. don't want our character maybe, going maybe that he route. dies and he can't come back i don't know because the important thing is like you're saying troy mm-hmm. is is the continuity across multiple forms of exactly. media yeah and like we just got the robert battinson exactly stuff, yeah and they're getting momentum finally behind the universe and mm-hmm. it's you see the same thing in marvel too right yep. is that they had a tendency when they have these big films coming out to revert back to the character yeah when ant-man movies come out we see a lot more scott lang than hank pym yeah and when you know iron man stuff was coming out we got the tony stark back exactly mm-hmm. and so it's about that recognition they want people walking to the shops being like tony stark buy comics exactly and yeah. so it's it's unfortunately a business so whether or not that stamps out some form of creativity is mm-hmm. another debate maybe to be had a different day but at the same time they want the common movie goer the millions of people that went and saw Endgame to walk into a comic book shop and says, 
Where do I buy Thanos comic book? Right. You know, where do I buy Cap or, or Iron Man? Right. Mm-hmm. They want that that immediate recognition. Exactly. And if they're going to a comic book shop and we have a mentally ill Batman exactly. that's going around murdering people. Or, you know, it's just they want some sort of synergy between it all. Synergy, exactly. So, yeah. interesting stuff, yeah. though. And I, I like hearing that take on things because mm-hmm. I don't read Tom King's Batman. Right. I don't read Batman at all. But it just kept cropping up in my Twitter yeah. timeline. Like, oh, Tom King, this, that, and the other thing. So, interesting. Well, that hype, too, right? Because you guys told me, uh, yeah. you know, on the message there. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, what could it be? And then it's like yeah. a day later, like, no. Yeah. yeah. Run's going to end, which is kind of unfortunate because it's like we're never going to really get a stamp on like the definitive version of Tom King's Batman. Yeah. Like Scott Snyder's Batman run is pretty much done. Like he still yeah. has his hand a couple times with his other runs, but we can at the end of the day be like, this was his run from here to there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Judge it all you want. Was Tom King, he didn't get the chance to finish that run. And a lot of, you know, writers don't, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. here we're kind of promised like that 100, 105 issues. Really want to dive deep That's into that. Crazy, yeah. even eighty-five issues for yeah. a single writer. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. almost unheard of. That's like days. some dance slot stuff. With Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's huge, man. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, he is getting that twelve Batman Catwoman crossover, twelve issues. Yeah. So maybe he'll be able to wrap it up in twelve instead of fifteen. Because like a lot of his issues too, sometimes like nothing happens in one issue. Yeah. It's just like setting the tone for the next. So maybe he can cut out that. You know, like trim the fat, and then. It'll, He'll still be what he wanted to tell, but he'll tell it in 12 more, like, concise. Right. So, yeah. uh, hopefully that's it, because I really want to know what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Always going to be a thing. question mark. It's always going to be, yeah. yeah. But but DC's going to have to hit it huge with the next writer yeah. joining oh, that yeah. book. It's going to have to be a, a big one. Do you think it's going to be Because we had Bendis take over. He's on Superman now. He's on Superman right now, which is a big deal, him? right? Do you think they'd move him to Batman? Well, he did. they did do that thing when Tom King wrote Superman for a second, and oh, Bendis wrote yeah. Batman. But I think Bendis' run with Superman is just kicking off now. People are digging it. Yeah. To have him now switch to Batman, man, I don't know. Totally, he's like, because Bendis did and had a lot of success in like, the Daredevil world. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. But then he also had a lot of success in the much brighter Avengers world. Yes. Yeah. And so he does have the ability to cross that boundary. Yeah, where, Jessica Jones, too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's, and he's sort of all that mature audience yeah. stuff, too, when he really got going with Marvel pre him being moved on to the big titles. And so he's kind of done everything. So mm. putting more of that Daredevil, that darker spin, I could see him writing Batman. Yeah. Um, interesting, because he's exclusive with DC for quite some time that, now. That's right. Yeah. And ba- Batman's the top guy, man. He's yeah. the top guy. Yeah. I mean, like, put it this way, uh, Immortal Hulk actually sold more than Batman a couple times. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah. That should never happen. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, who do you think, like, uh, who if you could dream pick anyone to be like, okay, King's Run's over. I'll, I'll include you, Tim, in this. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Like, you can even throw a Marvel guy in there. Like, who do you think from the Marvel side? It depends. Like, to me, I, I again, I love Hickman. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I love the long-form yeah. storytelling that he does. But do you want that in a Batman story? Mm-hmm. Or do you want kind of the short, you know, dark, gritty arcs Yeah. that have found a lot of success? Like, how many issues was Court of Owls? That was like, quite a while. Quite a long, yeah. quite a quite, long quite arc. Because yeah. it was like Court of Owls and it was... Uh... And then went to Nightwing's yeah. like City of Owls. City or... of Owls. See, that's yeah. my favorite type of storytelling yeah. is when it is long form. When yeah. you have to commit to the book. Yes, love that. Yeah. And But it makes it difficult to jump into something you know, yeah. as a new comic book reader because mm-hmm. you need that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like even the Brewbreaker stuff Ooh. from Captain America. Oh, you know, that, he, he had some ability to really bring in some new elements of that. Again, long form storytelling. Though. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Eh, be my two picks, maybe. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'd always go with Hickman. Hickman's yeah. the number one, but that's that's a little too easy. So I'll go. 
uh, JMS, who did Amazing Spider-Man around 500. He did some really cool stuff back in black, mm-hmm. which was really cool. I'd love to see that kind of take on a Batman character. And I got to give it to the boy uh, Jason Aaron, man. He's been yes. killing on Thor. Yeah. I think to see him over on Batman could be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I know these are all Marvel guys, but... But, yeah, I mean, man. a chance to rate Batman, number one selling comic book. Yeah. And I don't think they have exclusive deals over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. So they could easily come over. Um, and Charles I like those. Soul. Oh. Well, he, after the Vader 25 issues? Yes. Yeah, he cool. did, if I'm not mistaken, he did Green Arrow. Um, maybe. The, He's in a lot. The new 52 one? Or yeah, the, the new 52 one. one yeah, because I remember reading it, and it was fantastic. I think he was on Green Arrow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Soul's nice. now my number one pick. He's dope. Yeah, well, like, actually, that's I like a wicked call. Marvel, so. <laughs> <laughs> and he did Daredevil, right? Yeah, he did. yeah, he did. he's done a lot of stuff. He's good. Nice, yeah. nice. He, um, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyways, guys, let's let's skip over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Take a little pit stop in that in that universe. There, Spider-Man: Far From Home. This is our next big comic book movie coming out here in the early part of July. We've got our tickets secured. Yes. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Well, uh, actually, Dark Phoenix. You uh, skipped over that oh, one. Oh yes. What's Dark <laughs> Phoenix? Oh. <laughs> yeah. yes. The uh, it's the sequel to X Men, University of Phoenix, where yeah. they go and take classes at night just to get their uh, <laughs> diplomas and degrees. <laughs> Let me reiterate our next MCU film and our final MCU film for the year 2019. So we had a big hiatus, probably till next May, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that maybe next February doesn't matter but we got a new poster from Spider-Man Far From Home and Troy shaking his <laughs> head it's a beauty do you want me to pick that one up for you Troy no yikes no. you know this is again these these one cheaters this looks like something's gonna be sold in a bin in Walmart mm. that no one's ever gonna buy Yeah. it's unfortunate though that Spider-Man continues along with Black Panther to get kind of the short end of the design stick when it comes to posters the first poster from Spider-Man Far From Home with the tags all over his face really cool stuff yeah. this one Overly photoshopped, doesn't give you a whole bunch. Really makes you feel though that Mysterio is, as they pitched him in the trailer, a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, well, about Mysterio, there's a there's a leaked thing. I'm not going to talk about it really, but I'll just say there was something leaked on a toy about Mysterio, so you can go Google that. Oh. You'll see. This poster right here, man. This this is not a good poster. This is not a good poster at all. This is one of the worst posters I've ever seen. Um, wow. The gradient spider in the background is horrible. You can barely even see it. Yeah. You can't even see Peter Parker Spider-Man's emblem to tell yeah. that Spider-Man. Like, you don't even know what this is. If you didn't put Spider-Man there, like the actual font title Spider-Man, you'd have no idea if this was Star Trek. You wouldn't know it looks what this is. Too. Yeah. It looks very fan-made. You have an incredible guy on Twitter right now called Boss Logic. Oh, yeah. Get at him, man. Like this guy's killing it. What he's done with the Captain Marvel posters. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. This is horrible. Like Nick yeah. Fury looks off. And Gyllenhaal looks off, and Tom Holland looks off. It's it's a really bad showcase of what your movie is all about here. This is just I'm not digging it, man. I'm not digging it at all. Yeah, there's so many cool concepts they could have used with Mysterio. Yeah. I mean, use a classic comic book cover and just throw in like the live action actors or something. Well, yeah, you could you could have done the whole Mysterio like fishbowl head, and then yeah. you see like the eyes reflecting of Spider Man. There know? you go. Yeah. Boom. Done. Yeah. How hard was that? Five minutes and we made a better poster than that. Yeah. But I mean, MCU has a trend. You know, sometimes it's bad posters, but then those movies always turn out great. So maybe that's a good sign. Yeah, it's not always where the maximum effort goes, it seems. Well, especially nowadays. Well, but you look at what they did with Endgame stuff was great. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking before the podcast, Captain Marvel stuff's good. The Cap stuff has been consistently good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like you get a lot of these Photoshop head type things (laughs) and the Endgame stuff, but I, I do enjoy those like i got yeah. them all up in, oh yeah in, fresh in yeah the room and all yeah. that but yeah. yeah this it's it's tough but again it's just 
one sheeter just to yeah. pull up. So it's not going to really affect our opinion of <laughs> no. the movie here, but one thing that may affect the our opinion of this universe maybe in general. And we talked about this and we touched on this a couple of times about the idea of the multiverse and it being introduced in Spider-Man Far From Home. Now there's some rumors out there that there are some real implications for the Spider-Man universe in particular when it comes to the multiverse. We saw the amount of success they had with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse crossing over all these paths. And now there's a ton of rumors floating around that Deadpool might show up in Spider-Man 3 from the MCU side, but also Venom. That's got a little bit more momentum online as of late about him or Sony in particular really pushing to have Venom make some form of appearance in what will be the eventual sequel to Far From Home, so still set in the MCU. I don't want to belabor this too much, guys, because we've talked about this in the past, but given that it's got some more momentum, what are the chances that we're going to see some sort of Far or some sort of Into the Spider-Verse or Spider-Verse type of crossover? Maybe external to the MCU, but mm-hmm. to me, you give me my opinion, there's a real likelihood they're going to start to roll through Tom Holland into whatever universe Venom is sitting in. So Tom Holland Spider-Man would leave the MCU and enter permanently with the Venom. I don't know about permanently, right. but he, I see it him entering. I see it more that way than Venom coming into the MCU, right? Which is kind of what they're pushing here is that they want the recognition, or they want probably some form of recognition of the MCU and you know acknowledging that Venom's a legit property, so it's in the MCU. I don't see Feige's no way. but they don't have the same sway over spider-man they're borrowing that intellectual property and giving them and making sony money right there's no way that marvel studios can be like oh well you can't use spider-man no they're gonna take him and use him somewhere else yeah that name recognition and then they don't screw with the mcu which i kind of like the idea of but try what are, you, what, are you, what are you kind of thinking now? Yeah, none for me. I I, I think Spider Man's a mainstay. I think he's he's MCU bound more than ever these days with the success of Endgame, especially and just everything they've been doing over there with Tom Holland's character. I mean, yeah, it's easier for them to incorporate Venom because they have the relationship. Obviously, it's Sony as opposed to throwing in Deadpool. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know but they um, own Deadpool now. Yeah, well, they own yeah. Deadpool, but just the fact that Tom Holland, Spider Man, Sony, and yeah. Deadpool's the Marvel Disney. Um, I just don't see it again. Watching that Venom movie, the tone doesn't make sense. And it'd be, the audience is pretty good with superhero movies these days. But to have Spider-Man land in that world, it just, it's again, tough. I go back to the Andrew Garfield. Like, that is already set up. That'd that, be great. That works. I it's, love it's, that. it's in its own universe. But but Peter Parker's Tom Holland, for me, that's that's MCU. Especially the way they've led up with, like, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and um, Captain Marvel. Um did I say Captain Marvel already? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they did. Yeah, Captain Marvel. <laughs> um, they kind of pushed the new Avengers already yeah. on us. And I feel like yeah. that's the route they're going. And I feel like, I mean, the trailer says it. Like, are you the new Iron Man? Like, they're kind of leading Tom yeah. Holland that path mm-hmm. of, like, the new big thing. So, I don't know. But you're right. I feel you completely. I don't see them ever, ever taking um, Tom Hardy's Venom and putting him in the MCU. No. I just don't <laughs> see that. No. No? I think um, they'd sooner give up the character and just say, well, he's, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Venom made almost a billion dollars. I'm sure they would love to have Venom in the MCU. Dude, I don't know. To me, there's a creativity thing that... But, like, like I don't know. He was, like, a lighthearted tone. He would totally fit in. But yeah. that, that's a bigger point, though. You just said, like, Venom by himself already made a billion dollars without Spider-Man. Yeah. He doesn't need the character. No, for yeah. sure, yeah. But, you know, I hope, I hope it doesn't. I hope they keep it separate. You know, more... I think if they keep it separate, they'll have more freedom to do what they want to do and kind of be more distinct and different than the MCU. If they throw Tom Holland in or if they throw Venom in the MCU, 
then it'll kind of like meld the two universes together. Yeah. Whereas now, as you guys say, like this, the Venom movie is completely different from anything. You know, like it is like lighthearted in tone, but yeah, it is a different film than anything mm. in the MCU right now. Well, what the crucial part though, and we've already talked about this episode, yeah. is is that recognition, yeah, franchise yeah. building. Yeah. To me, the the draw of Spider Man mm. in that universe is going to really push a Venom movie, and Sony can't ignore that. No. Like they can't ignore the fact that they have a character that's really well established, really well received, <laughs> and they have ability now to freely pull him over with the establishment of a multi universe without pissing Fuggy off. <laughs> but didn't but I, uh, sorry, sorry no, go ahead. Go. I was gonna say, well, didn't uh, Venom though make just make more than uh, it did Homecoming? Yeah. It did. Yeah. So like, they, they don't need them. They don't need them. Yeah. Because the thing is, is like they're making tons of money with Tom Holland Spider Man, and then they're yeah. making tons of money with Venom. So why ruin that by putting this Tom Holland into that Venom movie just mm-hmm. to make maybe a few more bucks? Where yeah. they already have like a good track record, a good track record with that Venom, and now they're setting up uh, what's the one, the Morbius movie, yeah, yeah, which could very well go on and do its its own thing. I'm not saying a billion, but you never know in this day and age. Well, it's uh, low, lower budgets, right? And yeah, that's it. Venom, yeah. I think, was a hundred million. Wow. Spider Man: Far From Home or Homecoming was like two hundred million, probably. Well, Seventy five was a, that was Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't need that. Oh. Spoiler, Spoiler alert! <laughs> Sorry, grabs. Wait, go edit that. I'll edit that. <laughs> I'll just beat it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on before we spoil something else. For yeah. Grabs, go see that movie for Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> and let's take our final pit stop for this week on the news with Star Wars. We're going to touch quickly on this, this great little kind of grassroots trend that really picked up some steam over the weekend, and that is the hashtag Make Solo 2 Happen campaign now i don't know the exact story behind this but it seems that there's a podcast out there called the resistance broadcast that really got the ball rolling and momentum behind this just t-shirts a whole design they got people like john kazan the writer of solo ron howard the director of solo to kind of acknowledge this whole idea and what's trending here and they're really pushing for them to make a second solo disney in particular to make a second solo film it was, again, like we said, it wasn't broadly received the same way other Star Wars have, but it's finding this real kind of cult following behind it. And maybe it's a lot of people that said, hey, I'm never going to see it because of whatever, I don't, not my solo type thing. <laughs> They've actually come back and seen it and been like, oh yeah, this is a pretty good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to see. And the reason that we want to bring it up, it's really nice to see the use of social media for something extremely positive focus feedback for disney saying hey we really like this and on the anniversary of the release of solo this whole thing really got momentum this is this past weekend so i love this i love using this platform and fandom to point in a positive direction and so i threw our weight behind it on the main twitter uh feed for the nerd room i just thought it was really cool takes on it like do you want to see a solo too like what are your thoughts on this campaign Dre? um you know off the bat when i first saw solo because i was like pleasantly surprised i really dug solo mm-hmm. um yeah at the time i definitely want to see a solo especially with like like not in the post credit but the reveal yeah. of darth maul and kira i was like yeah give so me a solo there. too yeah. but now that time's kind of passed and we got like the mandalorian that's coming out and all that kind of stuff i'm just like at this point i think it'd be it wouldn't be because it's a Star Wars movie, but I kind of feel like it's a little too late. Like they've lost the momentum. And um, 
I think at this point you kind of put it on the Disney stream or, yeah. or you give me a Kira story because they're now it. being free after um, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and expand on that crime syndicate of uh, Darth Maul. Just go forward there and just you can kind of leave like Solo himself out of this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on Kira. You can even throw in Lando because those guys were all received very, very well. Yeah. So that's where I sit with it. But mm-hmm. I'm, I, I definitely love this movement that's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm totally behind it. Um, you know, this is the second movement I've joined to <laughs> see a new movie. Um, you know, I, I there was so much hype going into this movie. Like, I took it number one in the box office pool last year, and you guys didn't make fun of me because wow, you're wow, like, wow. oh, that Don't makes sense. Don't even blame you, though. I, know. Right? I would have done the same thing. Yeah, right? for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then to see the box office, unfortunately, I lost the studio a ton of money. Um, and studios only care about the bottom line. So the only way, you know, it's great, you know, it's great uh, this movement's happening, but the only way we're going to get a sequel is if you pick up the digital or the uh, physical copy of this movie. Like, you got to throw some money behind this so that the studio looks and says, hey, there's a real movement Mm -hmm. behind it, you know, like uh, money talks. And I just looked at the numbers and made $55 at the home box office, which is pretty good, actually, in 2019. It made $200 in the domestic box office. Yeah. Yeah, And struggled together. Yeah, so that's good. But if it made say two hundred million, which may be outlandish, but if it did, I think Solo Two would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even like streaming. I don't know how it works with streaming. How that works with Netflix? Like if they get a pay per view, the studio, or if there's just a one time fee. But you know, that's the only way that it would happen is if uh, you know the home video sales, you know, were huge. Um, if merchandise for this was huge, you know, if there's like a huge money movement towards it, I think then. Yeah, and I'm totally behind it. I want to see more content. I mm-hmm. like uh, Solo. I thought it was one of the better movies of the year last year. It was probably my top ten. I don't know where it landed, but I dug it. Um, so yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see it. Yeah. But uh, make sure you pick up, you know, pick up the movie and support it. It's yeah. definitely set up to have a sequel. 100%, oh, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. But I thought Kathleen Kennedy. I could be mistaken. Didn't she come out recently at some point saying like they're done making? The solo, oh, yeah, they're done kind of, kind of, like of Star with, Wars with that, yeah, the Star Wars stories, they yeah, the are, Star Wars stories, yeah. Well, that's well on the back burner now, right? Yeah, yeah. With this whole pause that they're doing, but I'm, I'm with you, Troy, on yeah. this. Maybe less Solo two and more the stories that they kind of set up within it, the crimes that they get them all. Yeah, Kira, if you want to have a cameo from the two of them, whatever. Right, the huts even. Yes, yeah. exactly. But there is precedence within Star Wars fandom for the use of positive movement to get something out of creators. And we're going to see that in the coming, whatever, six, eight, ten months, whatever it is, with Clone Wars season six, season seven, whatever it is. Yeah, season seven. Yeah, so, yeah. And it was stated outright that it was the save, hashtag save Clone Wars yes. movement that yeah. really eventually saved that. And they said, we want more of this. And they're delivering it to us. Now it's on the Disney streaming service. So I could really see if this momentum continues in a positive light that we could see someone like John Kasdan really starting to think about how to get that story told. Now, whether that's in a book, whether that's in a comic book, whether it's on the streaming service, I don't know what form that takes. Right. But guys, continue to push stuff like this because like we said, positive movements are good. This is a nice, nice shift away from all of that negativity that we've even seen with regards to the Benioff and Weiss and everything that's going on with there with Ryan Johnson. So I like this, guys. Continue this, push this, support this. And I think eventually, like I said, because the presence is there, we may see this story continue in some form. And I think that would be a giant win for fandom. The uh, Kasdian story, yeah. where does that take place? Because could we see some of those gaps filled in the uh, Captain... 
Oh, the casting, casting stuff. Yeah, possibly. Right. I don't know when exactly it takes place, but you're right. It takes place somewhere time between Solo and Rogue One. Rogue One, obviously, yeah. right? So we could maybe we could see Kira or even we Maul. Could see Kira, Maul, Crime up. Syndicate story yeah. picked up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so threads they could pick up. Yeah, Saw Rare even. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, like you look at what dangling threads were left in Solo. Those are <clears> things that maybe stories that they wanted to tell, and now I have to find a different way to tell them. Right. You're right. The casting could could be could really pick up those things because you're looking at the seedy underbelly. Yeah. Of Star Wars right. in that casting show would be my assumption, mm. and so yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. Didn't uh, Lord and Miller shoot the entire film? Most of it. Yeah. Most of 70%, it. Seventy percent. They say seventy percent. That much of it. So wow. why don't we release that cut? I'd like to see it. Hashtag like, release Lord Miller cut. Absolutely. That will never, ever, ever see the light of day. You never know. I mean, I, I'd like the, to see what they shot. The Not, movie did end up winning uh, an Oscar, didn't it? Like, the, the Spider-Verse was so well-received, right? Yeah. yeah. After the whole thing. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be it'd be interesting to see. You know, you can splice in the 30% with what uh, Ron Howard shot. But I'd like to see it, like not because like I didn't enjoy Solo, but it'd just be like another film that's just sitting on the shelf, collecting yeah, dust. Literally, I don't. They've deleted everything. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. <laughs> Empty trash bin. <laughs> Gone. I don't know, man. I I I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. It'd be it'd be interesting for sure. But I can, with the utmost confidence, say we'll never ever 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 see that. So start the movement. Lord yeah, <laughs> Miller cut. Three film movements I'm in now. I should get like a royalty or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> now, guys, the next Star Wars film we are actually going to see in yes. theaters. It's a big one, guys. The end of the Skywalker saga. It is the rise of Skywalker. I finally gotten that title straight. Nice. In my head. Whoa, 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 it's the end of the Skywalker saga, but it's called Rise of Skywalker. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if we ever talked about the actual... We did talk about the you title. You and I did. Yeah. I don't think you were there, Sonny. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. I appreciate that. What do you that. think of the title? If, if it's the end, how could he rise? It's was like it, the Dark Knight what Rises. What is it that's rising, though? Ooh. Um, the Dark Knight. Yeah. That's what's It's rising. funny because... <laughs> the Dark Knight. Star Wars titles are very literal. Mm-hmm. They have always been really literal. Yeah. This one, I think, is a bit more of something else, but it's probably still quite literal. What if Luke Skywalker goes back in time, saves himself from dying in the last one, and now he's alive in this one? Time travel. You know what? You're not so far off. Like, that's... Like, <laughs> sounds crazy, but, like, that's... Uh, what's the episode? War of... War, not War of the Worlds. World Between Worlds. World Between Worlds, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might have something there. Yeah. You might possibly... Yeah. Yeah. Shit, man. If that comes... That'd be, That'd true, be crazy. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Biggest pull of all time. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> if we were like making a podcast back when like the original trilogy came out, I probably would have been like, I bet you Darth Vader is probably like Luke's father or yeah. something. Leia's definitely Luke's sister. Yeah. 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 You're like, they were kissing. I'm like, no, no, no. They're related. You're like, you're an idiot, Sanjay. I was like, no. 100% that would have been me. If yeah. You, uh, after Empire would have been like, Sanjay, you're an idiot. <laughs> no way, man. Oh, man. You were really right. <laughs> Do you know there wasn't podcast from back in the day? Called radio. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Newspapers. <laughs> Anyways, the Rise of Skywalker has gotten its Vanity Fair shoot. We've seen these Vanity Fair issues all the way back to episode one, possibly, maybe even further back than that. But we always get a really nice look at the universe, very set up shots, very... You know, the, the photographs here are kind of maybe heavily edited, but I don't think they're trying to skew us the same way Marvel Studios does. But this does reveal a lot of information. Now, we're not going to go through every single photo in great detail, but we're going to talk about kind of four big ones and then maybe one or two other ones 
happens here because we're finally seeing the first photo that we're going to talk about here. We're finally seeing the Knights of Ren. Now, these were characters that were briefly introduced in The Force Awakens, and J.J. Abrams coming back, he's the one to introduce them first here. He's bringing them back into the mix. They're absence from The Last Jedi. Now, what goes along here is we got J.J. Abrams alongside stunt coordinator and directs the Knights of Ren, the elite fearsome forces of Kylo Ren's dark will. Now, what do you guys take on this? Like the look of the Knights of Ren, we've got these masked individuals, dark black. We saw kind of that, that lightning kind of flash of them in the past. Troy, what do you think about the designs here of the Knights of Ren? Again, looking at their weaponry, they're not lightsabers. These are no. very blunt objects, very forceful looking objects. Yeah. But hand to hand, what do you think of the look? What do you think of maybe the potential story arc here that we're going to see for the Knights of Ren enforcing the dark will, so the dark side of Kylo right. Ren? Right. Yeah. You know, I um, when I go back to Force Awakens, I feel like I was more intrigued with the look then. I don't know if that's because um, the setting was dark, mm-hmm. so it kind of brought out you know the uh, the speculation of the characters a little bit more. Whereas now, because it's like it's bright and sunny, it looks very Infy's Nest and uh, Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. as opposed to Force sensitive kind well, of they're not wielding characters. Elegant. Like yeah. even Kylo's outfit <clears throat> is more streamlined. It look has an elegant feel to this. Yes. This feels very barbaric. Barbaric, ruddic, rugged, rugged. Yeah. yeah. So Mad Max even like Oh yes. yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So um it's it's overall cool design. It's just um doesn't quite hit me like it did with the Force Awakens. Yeah. Look. That's all I can say about it. But all around pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Nice. What are you saying, Sanjay? Yeah, I agree with you. Those are uh, some good points. I'm just going to piggyback off Troy and be nice. like, yeah, I think so. More rugged, more Mad Max-like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. what he said. You know what the first, thing I, <laughs> the first thing I think of when I see these is, I agree, it's much more barbaric, but I see some other form of Inquisitors. Okay. Like, you look at Charles Soran specifically yeah. with the Inquisitors and how we got, like, the, you know, the different brothers and sisters yeah. thrown into there. And each one has kind of a unique design to it, yeah. mask, whatever. Right. That's kind of the feel I'm getting off these yeah. guys. But you're right in the sense that they don't have that force feeling to them. Right. Because the expectation was that these were essentially students that Kylo Ren plucked out of the academy when yes. he burned it to the ground. And there's some disconnect there because I don't think that scene in particular is... I'm curious if that scene's going to actually show up in this film. Right. Because that scene isn't the same time that the Academy's burning down. Like the no. pouring rain and all that stuff. No. So there's something that maybe JJ's working in here. But I do like that we're going to get the Knights of Ren in here. I think they have an interesting story arc to tell. I don't know what they're going to do with Kylo if he's going to be wavering a little. And if these guys are enforcing his dark will, maybe only enforcing that side of things. So Right. Uh, it's really exciting. These guys are extremely toyetic as well. Oh, I didn't even think <laughs> about that. Black series. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. They got to make all of them. They have to make all of them. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's going to be a wave to chase. <laughs> yes. it, it certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> the Kylo Ren Build-A-Figure or something. Right. So, really cool to see this. I'm excited that we're getting kind of the, some closure, hopefully, on what the idea of the Knights of Ren are and how this all folds into Snoke and potentially the Emperor and all this. Right. So, there's a lot to explore there here. And getting our first look... Yeah, I'm loving what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nope. Pretty cool, man. Feeling it. Let's look at the next image here that we're going to talk about in a bit of detail. And this one is a much more subtle one, but it does have Donald Gleason's here and as well as Richard E. Grant's characters. Now, the tagline that goes with this, the First Order Leader is General Hux and Allegiant General Pride. 
This is the Richard E. Grant character on the bridge of Kylo Ren's destroyer. The reason I want to talk about this is that we are left at the end of The Last Jedi with General Hux and Kylo Ren essentially being what we assume to be the main antagonist for what is now The Rise of Skywalker. But we'd always question, do either of those, especially with General Hux being kind of played off more of a comedic role, maybe somewhat incompetent? Yeah, at least you know, with that installment. In that installment, yeah. in The Last Jedi. And Kylo Ren being so erratic and not really, to me, he's never taken the form of a true big bad. Like yes. Snoke filled that space or the Emperor. Right. So we're kind of questioning, you know, who was going to take that role right. of the big bad? And I don't know, but to me, this picture is really implying that Richard E. Grant is taking a major piece of that. Even in the way they're standing, yeah. it looks like Hux is standing at attention to a sitting Richard E. Grant, mm -hmm. Allegiant General Pride. Now, we've never seen that term, I don't believe, in Star Wars, Allegiant General. No. I don't know what it means, but... What do, you, what do you guys take on this? Are you reading the same thing from here? Or are you seeing maybe Hux in more of a position of power? Yeah, no, exactly what you said I'm down with. Um, Hux definitely seems like he bows down to this character. This guy seems like the man with all authority yeah. with the First Order, which is something that I feel has been lacking throughout this mm -hmm. whole um, <clears throat> sequel trilogy. So I like what they do here. They have an incredible actor, obviously, yeah. to carry the lead. So I'm really excited because I remember... When we saw Last Jedi, I can't remember the captain of the first story that got taken out. Yeah. But I was like, give that guy all the power because he seemed boss. I can't remember his name, but he got taken out on the ship and he was incredible for like the two seconds he was on screen. <laughs> so this guy here, I feel like can capitalize even more so off of what that character had going on in uh, Last Jedi. But um, yeah, I, I like it, man. I'm really glad we got him doing this. I think we all kind of predicted he's going to be a bad guy. Uh, the British accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that exactly. Look. A lot of people were saying like Thrawn early days. Right, or Obi-Wan. Yes. I remember there's a Photoshop going on with him you know, yeah. doing the Obi-Wan. But uh, I, I like what this is. It's just, it feels like we're getting a lot for the final movie, mm -hmm. which is, I don't know. I don't know. I got high hopes for this one, man. JJ's bringing it home. So <laughs> he we'll is. See. I'm liking. I'm liking both of these. Sanjay, yes. what's your take here on Richard Grant's uh, character? Yeah, I think he's an engineer, and he made <laughs> these plans for this new super duper Death Star. <laughs> so hear me out now. It's an even bigger Death Star than the last one, and so he's just like it's just like a safety check meeting. Make sure that they, you know. Cross their T's, dot their I's, make sure everything's all in order before they start construction. He's been like testing them. Now yeah, yeah. The there's like little small balls floating around, <laughs> little Death Stars. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a little nursery of like Death Stars floating around. Uh, you always bring the realism to start with. <laughs> <laughs> Once that happens now, you guys are going to turn to me in the theater and be like, damn, he's red again. Oh, yeah. He was designing another Death Star. <laughs> like, dear JJ, stop listening to Sunjay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about the Death Star. Mm -hmm. The next one we're going to touch on here is a pretty epic shot, and it may or may not find its way to being our cover photo for our podcast this week, and that is the battle, this this kind of very water Death Star riding battle between Kylo Ren and Rey here. This is a pretty epic shot. You know, when you look in detail here, you can make some assumptions that they're likely maybe on the Death Star here, the one that we saw at the end of the trailer. It looks pretty violently wet out there, and it does look like they're doing battle. But when I looked at this, the first thing that I thought of was, are they trying to send one message, and in the film it's something completely different? Right. Are they actually battling here? 
do you think? Like, it makes perfect sense that they would be. Yeah. And it says right in the tagline that Kylo Ren and Rey battle it out with lightsabers in a stormy confrontation. I, I, I just, I'm not convinced that these photos are telling us the right. story they want us to see. So pulling us some MCU kind of... Yeah, but you look at... The, this is kind of... If you took a snapshot from that Snoke battle room, there yeah. would have been shots that look like this. For sure. Well, they're like up against each other, but then they both swing and miss and hit what's behind That's them. Right. I don't know what could Swap be Swap lightsabers even. Yeah. yeah. yeah so you... what do you think of this? And they kind of even comment on here on their force connection, what Adam Driver calls their maybe bond will turn out to run even deeper than previously revealed. So teasing the idea that that connection between the two of them is stronger and more important than just kind of Snoke facilitating something to try to get on one side or the other. Right, right. Well, you know, looking, it's an incredible image. This is this is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I love it because the shot is like a sequel shot to the classic Starkiller base battle that yeah. these two had, which you had the Black Series figures going on, right? I love the look of it. But yeah, I'm with you. I think it could be a little misleading. Like potentially like... Maybe they're taking on Palpatine. Like we have the Death Star here, which is most likely what it is. And yeah. Palpatine was last seen in the the destruction of the Death yeah. Star. Could he be somewhere around? Who knows? But um, like Ray's definitely in a defensive mode here, and yeah. Kylo doesn't really look like he's about to strike anyone down. You no. know, so it just why yeah. would like because when when you look at this, you think final battle written yeah. all over this. Yeah, why would they show us that? Like we know it's going down that path and. I, I've, I've stated from the onset, from the Force Awakens, I don't want Kylo Ren to go down the path of redemption. Yeah. I just think he's gone too far. And I, we've seen that redemptive arc already, already in Star Wars. Yeah. With Anakin. And I kind of want to see him crash and burn a little bit and just have this whole thing blow up. Yeah. Um, literally or maybe even figuratively. <laughs> Who knows? But I, it's, it's a really cool shot nonetheless. And I think there's so much more to be explored with Ray and Kylo, the yin and yang of the, this kind of sequel trilogy and what this deep connection means, I don't really know. But nonetheless, it looks like we're going to have some pretty badass cinematography. Yes, and lightsaber battles. Yes. Thinking so. Yes, your take, nice. Sanjay, on this one. Interesting take. I, I yeah. Uh, you know, I think they're going to swap positions. Yeah. I think Ray's going to go to the dark side and Kylo's going to go to the good side. And mm -hmm. I think this is going to be that uh, scene. Yeah. Because he's the rise of the Skywalker and she's uh, Palpatine all along. Oh, connected to Palpatine all along? No, she's... Um, who was Natalie Portman again? Padme. Yeah, she's related <clears throat> to Padme. So they're related then. Yeah. Because be Padme cousins. was yeah. the grandmother yeah. of Ben. Yeah, they were... <clears throat> Kissing cousins. Yeah. I mean, it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would... That would that how much work would that take in the film oh, oh not that, that long what that'd you be tied do? in all the skywalkers though all yeah the movies. yeah <laughs> all you gotta do is just uh just hint at it and then... no i'm just talking about swapping them oh like, yeah like not making them related like the amount of work you need to do to turn ray yeah oh no easy unbelievable oh, it's unreal. oh no, but i'm no, totally no. up for it like i've been saying like i'd love to see ray just go to the dark side yeah. it's not gonna happen no oh that's but what I you think it's happening happen. yeah. what you gotta do is just do make her just do like dickish things and then people be like oh like she like parks like the uh millennium falcon like in like a handicap zone <laughs> and just leaves it there you know she gets like too high and mighty some fans like oh my god you're ray can i have an autograph and she's just like shoves the guy away Boom. my favorite ridiculous human you know that you know that <laughs> is like the best the best way to turn her you know <laughs> yeah, just a whole movie if we're doing things people are like ah, she doesn't seem like a great person yeah, just trolling the whole universe <laughs> yeah right <laughs> taking the batteries out of the lightsabers there you go oh, my kyber crystal 
<laughs> now, the last main one we're going to talk about here is one that has confused the hell out of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is Mark <clears throat> Hamill's Luke Skywalker. So we did see the demise of one Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi here. And here he is in full form, in very Last Jedi-looking garb with R2-D2. And behind him, everything's ablaze. Now, the tagline that goes with this is Mark Hamill as Luke with R2-D2. Speculation is running rampant out. Who will rise as a Skywalker of this movie's title? And how will that choice will, will reflect the way the world has changed since Star Wars debuted in 1977. So mm. my first take on this was that they were missing a blue hue filter yeah. on this, that this was just an image of Luke as a force ghost overseeing something. But to me, this doesn't look like an image that's from the last Jedi. Nope. It doesn't look like it's from the force awakens. It's not from the past when he kind of had the dyed beard nope. or anything like that. So this is new shoot. This is, new force ghost luke i don't know what what do you what do you what do you you think of this i have no idea what to make of this i think luke's alive man you think so i don't think he died he has the glove on why would he have a glove on if he's a if he's a force ghost because no glove no love (laughs) but i think because that's the hand that would be cut off right if you're a force ghost you wouldn't you either just not have a hand (laughs) or you would have a hand but you wouldn't need a glove (laughs) to be fair to you much to your point is yeah. that anakin both force ghost versions of yeah. him has all his limbs intact exactly yeah. exactly yeah that's true yeah exactly right because he's a force ghost whereas luke i think he might have done something beyond any force ghost we've ever seen and Ooh. he maybe does does maybe that take it. away from the last jedi though that's the only problem because that's that's stepping on what ryan johnson did yeah. a little that, too that takes hard. away the whole end of the film like the, yeah. the sacrifice of Luke yeah. Skywalker to save the rebellion. Yeah, but but at the same time, he never like Ryan Johnson himself never really definitely made it clear that he is dead. Like yeah. Yeah. pretty much, but he never really was like he's gone. Yeah, yeah. He, and he says like I'll see you around, kid. So we assume as a Force ghost. Yeah. But I think in the comic book adaptation, it really explicitly states that he's dead. Oh, did it? Like not that he's dead, but yeah. like there's a, a some form of monologue or overtone that's basically like. And he becomes one with the force. Right. Or somebody couldn't feel him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Leia couldn't feel him or something. Yeah. I think that's right. But yeah, I don't know. Because this definitely isn't a flashback. But I just don't understand. Like, this could be the very, like, MCU trick. They they lost the blue hue. So he's not a force ghost. But again, I just don't understand why would he have that glove on. It's a pretty epic shot, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, man. This uh, This is crazy. But it would be something else. Because we all assume that he's a force ghost how cool would it be if we got it turned like rise of the skywalker rise of skywalker i butchered every oh. time is, is is luke which yeah. is weird because it's so obvious to think luke would be rise of skywalker yeah, yeah. but at the same time it's like not <laughs> to be fair and to be honest with you i've never thought that it's luke yeah until exactly. this moment i was like eh, maybe maybe that does make sense exactly sense. but to me like it's always the focus of this sequel trilogy has to be on kylo and ray right like this final film it can't be luke skywalker rising to take on palpatine one final battle like it needs to be focused on those new characters finn poe ray kylo yeah like the whole story needs to be in on that like he they can't just say all of a sudden well luke's alive now the emperor's <laughs> alive here's the final battle again from return of the jedi one yeah. more time yeah right? yeah no they, they can't i think they could definitely share the love but i think to tie in all 
the Star Wars lore, it all started with Luke. Like, yeah. even though I, mm-hmm. I'm an Anakin guy, hands down, but when you think of Skywalker, it's 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 Luke. Yeah, you think of yeah. Luke. You know, so yeah. I don't know, man. This picture does a lot for me, though. It could just be a nice shot. It yeah. might not even yeah. be in the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. You know? <laughs> yeah, that happened a lot in Rogue One. Right, yeah. right, with the Vader shot, right? Yeah. 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 What do you think of Luke, man? All right, so here's what's happening. Here it is. Right. Break it All down. Right. So he's kind of like hiding underneath his cloak, R2-D2, right? Uh, no, I can see him. No, yeah, but he he lifts the cloak, right? The cloak is there protecting him, but he lifts oh. it so you can see him. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, like sometimes when you go to a movie and like the old trope where you have like two people standing on each other's shoulders in a trench coat. Where is this going? So I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to get into a movie, and Luke is standing on R two D two. So they only have to pay for one movie ticket instead of two. Since classic, when... classic Star Wars. And they've set everything ablaze behind them to distract from it, right? No, that's the movie screen. <laughs> and they're like, oh, now you can go, R2-D2. Get the popcorn. <laughs> Boom. I mean, if that's in there. There you go. There you go. Now you're going to feel awfully stupid when this movie comes out. And you're like, damn, there was like a whole sneaky into a movie. Was right. Yeah. About everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh. Hmm. Well, <laughs> that's a thinker. Troy's Troy's really pondering that one. <laughs> now he's gonna wake up in the middle of the night, wake up his wife, and be like, "Sanjay had some good points on this episode today." Sanjay's right. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> now a few other things to pull out of these photos. Those to me are the kind of the four most, or I guess maybe that's my opinion, but more of the most revealing ones here. But interesting enough, a lot of these take place on a nether desert planet. Mm. Um, this appears to be the Jordan set that they were on. But the thing I like about this is it appears that we have all of our characters on the same set. So yeah. if you go back to the panel at Celebration, they're talking about this being a group adventure. This really, to me, reinforces that, that we're going to have them interacting, doing real cool stuff. We can see this skiff thing in the background. We've got Finn riding these horse things. We saw from the onset photos with yeah. this name, we Aki character. Mm. I like the idea of kind of this like group adventure. And this really points at that, these really epic shots. And then we've got to talk quickly here about our man, Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. Yeah, Looking suave in yes. there. He's got Poe Dameron there, Chewbacca, BB-8 sitting in the captain's seat. They've definitely put some filter over him because he looks <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Billy D. being yeah. back in this film. This definitely. this reaffirms, too, that like we've seen in the trailer, he's going to be kind of riding you know, up front in the Falcon here, taking it back. Yeah, L3. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They have to reference it, right? I hope so. I mean, he's he's wearing basically the same gear he yes. wore back in his days of uh, Solo, so it's only fitting that they um, they touch on that, especially with the setup that Ron Howard put in there. I think that'd yeah. be great. Oh, yeah. fantastic, yeah. fantastic. And how about the shot of John Williams scoring the film with the running the film in the background here, and they've got Carrie Fisher up there. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I didn't yeah. put it in the show notes, sorry. But no, no, it's all good. It's, it's a beautiful shot, yeah. him, and he's, you know, composer john williams he's oh. conducting the final star wars film that he's gonna do okay ending out this saga pretty mm-hmm. special there this is a great photograph as well oh. just seeing that all that, that's that going together so cool nice. so cool and and last but not certainly not least carrie russell's character getting the full reveal now this is a character that is called zori bliss yeah it's kind of got a really cool look the helmet looking really neat here this gold helmet purple yeah. outfit Looking very bounty hunter esque, Boba Fett esque. Yes. Take on this. I, I I love it. Yeah. I love what they're doing here. Just 
don't don't DJ here right now. Like, give yes. me a cool <laughs> bounty hunter, whatever she is, just give it to me yeah. up front. I think she looks awesome. Love the look of the coin. I love the name. I'm sure we're going to even get books out of this character. Yeah, nice. definitely. I, I think this is going to be fantastic. Well, yeah, yeah it's yeah. Ray's mom. Yeah. <laughs> go, another prediction. Oh, it's Kira. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kira's mom. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, does this photo shoot in any capacity move the needle for you for the Rise of Skywalker? If you go back a whole bunch of episodes, we reviewed the trailer in quite a bit of detail. I think that was just Troy and I that did yeah. that. Oh, that's fine, guys. No, yeah. I didn't you want were to do busy it. doing no, family that's stuff. Fine. Or work. You know how hyped I get for, for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, does this move the needle? very much for you guys or is this kind of just like a pleasant okay cool we're seeing this i'm waiting for the next trailer or the action figures like does this start to move the momentum and shift it away from the mcu focus that we've been in so much for the last little bit and kind of shift it a little bit over to rise of skywalker Troy, what was your thoughts on this take on this you know if i'm being honest it doesn't i'm just uh, i'm in that mcu world but you know honestly though it's the two images here that i have last it's it's the luke shot yeah. for me and it's the kylo ren and ray battle or whatever that could be those two are the money shots i think these guys always do great photos i, I really like the last jedi one too that they had yeah. back in i uh, was 17 2017 yeah. yeah yeah oh wow yeah that was that was fantastic with the leia and all that going on but yeah this here man that mark hamill i'm uh i'm excited man of course i love star wars i can't wait to see this movie in december but um yeah, man. I, I gotta know. You Let us know, guys. Is Luke alive or not? Yeah. I gotta know. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag, does Luke live? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this absolutely moves the needle for me. Um, I haven't seen much, you know, in the way of, like, Star Wars news and stuff. I don't really, like, uh, go out of my way to, like, see it. Only only thing I know is when you bring it up in the show notes, mm-hmm. Tim, you're like, oh, we're talking about this. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's new. So It's new I- to me that you read the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> no, absolutely. This this looks cool. And the shots look awesome. This movie looks epic. Yeah. You know, it's going to be an epic conclusion. And I'm excited. And I'm excited that people are positive yes. about yes. Star Wars again. You yeah. know? Nice it's show. not like going in and being like, oh, my God, this looks so bad. Yeah. I don't know what accent that was. You can blame was, Game but... of Thrones for that, I guess, eh? All the negativity is over there. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah it, uh, just geez. wait until the next DC movie comes out. Yeah. The negative... Yeah. Activity will go there. One hundred percent. Yeah, take some of the focus off. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? It's it doesn't move the needle substantially for me. I'm like super pumped for this film. Yeah. of course. And a Skywalker saga. Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. I'm still having a hard time unfocusing from Endgame and watching yeah, Avengers Assemble on repeat. <laughs> Is that your ringtone? Admit Avengers. Yeah, it should be. Oh, it's so good. So good. Oh, I watched it the other day too. Oh, so good. Ah. Are you gonna like any when your kids are older and you're like getting ready to go out? Is 100%. that gonna be your line? Yeah. Like Avengers Assemble. Yes. We gotta 100%. go to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> but what this does for me, what this photo shoot does for me is it it gives me more confidence that some of the elements that we're going to be playing with in here and what JJ is bringing back to this film mm-hmm. the Knights of Ren Carrie Russell's character Luke Scott I'm really looking forward to what this possibly could be yeah. I really hope and I really think that this shoot is in part displaying what's going on but I'm hoping that they're taking cues from the MCU and not giving us everything. These are epic shots, but night might not be telling the story that they are perceived to be given. Okay, yeah. That, that's what I'm hoping for in here. I don't want that Ray Kyle thing to be the last battle. It might be, yeah. but who knows? It's not going to wreck the thing for me or wreck the movie for me. Right. But nonetheless, they're giving us some pretty wild shots here. And yeah, hell, yeah. Rise of Skywalker, another Star Wars film, end of the year in that December time slot. Yes. Bring it on. Ah. Yes. So exciting here, guys. 
And that about wraps it up for us this week. We had a lot of fun taking pit stops in both Stars Marvel and DC. So I guess with all that being said, you know, we're going to be coming back next week, of course. And if you'd like to be a part of this show next week or any other week, you can always email us at nerdrm at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at hashtag the Twitter gang or grab us at our handles there at the end of the episode. You can find everything we do on the nerdroom.net as well as starscommonwealth.com. And there you can also find all the other podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. They've done some great breakdowns of this Vanity Fair shoot and doing speculation as to what it could be in a lot of detail and a lot of depth. So make sure you go check out everything that's going on over there. And like we always do, we're going to give our shout out to our man, Rob Wade, who endorses this podcast over at emotionally14.com. So if you want to check out what he does, talk Star Wars, Tumbling Sabres over there, the Roman Podcast from our man, Rob Cass. Lots of great stuff there. Crazy train from our man, Rob Wade himself. You can catch all that over at emotionally14.com. And guys, like I said, like I say every week, with that mouthful done, it's time for us to get out of here. It's late. We feel like we got some feeding to do, some diapers to change. And some figures to hunt. <laughs> For me, it's probably on Kijiji tonight. Yeah. <laughs> with that being said, we'll be back next week with a full episode covering everything Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. And until then, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. And thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Sabres Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and The Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world. 